You are listening to the Archery Maniacs Podcast. This is Remy Warren. I am Rihanna Carey. My name is Adam Foss. This is Paul Tetford, professional archer. Hey everyone, I'm Christy Titus, and you are listening to Archery Maniacs. We cover everything archery, from the hunting side to the tournament side, with stories, tips and tactics, gear reviews, and more. That helped my tuning game so much when I made sure that all my arrows were square. And I'm just staring into his eyes. Blood's dripping off of its tines. Mud is everywhere. The clarity these mavens offer is amazing. I'm just like Spider-Man, you know, on this rock. You know, just <laughs> laying there. Belly crawling in there and I can barely fit in there and I can hear the cat growling at me. So I put my hand on his shoulder and pushed him and we just ran at this elephant. In this episode, I have Remy Warren on the podcast. We discuss his system for going hunt to hunt to hunt. We also dive into making a career in the outdoor industry, as well as some of his camera tips and tactics. The audio is a little bit iffy on this podcast because we were doing it over the phone. I was just getting ready to go on a scouting trip and he was in a hurry as well. So excuse the audio, but other than that, enjoy the episode. This is Remy Warren. Hey, and this is your host, Zach Harold. And you're listening to Archery Mania. Ah, perfect. Well, first off, Remy, I just want to say thanks so much for being on the show with us. Um, In my opinion, you're an icon within the industry and really, really stand out in my mind as somebody that is a solo backpack backpack country hunter. And uh, I really respect that that kind of hunting as well. Um, So... So it's kind of your busy time of year, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, uh, the season pretty much kicks off for me here, um, starting in August, and I kind of just have a full docket, uh, pretty much till sometimes all the way through January. Um, but, you know, I, I like right now I'm kind of planning out my next three to four months, and, it, you know, it's a long time on the road and mountain, whatever. So, yeah, it, it's off for me right now. This is about the only free time that I'll have probably now until around Christmas. <laughs> Dang, well, I'm glad we were able to catch you. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> so, so when you're planning that many hunts in a row, I mean, obviously you can't come back for, for two weeks and lounge around the house, recharge, pack all the other equipment. So what, what kind of system do you have in place in order to get to go hunt after hunt after hunt? Yeah, I mean, for the most part, I kind of, like, I've developed a system that involves a bunch of boxes, and then I, I, I really don't, honestly, I really don't change my, well, like, I, I call them, like, whatever I'm packing my kit. Like, I don't really change my kit too often um, okay. from hunt to hunt, you know? I, I kind of have, like, a basic, this is what I, this is what I take, and all that really changes might be, like, an added layer of, you know, Warmth. But generally, I kind of bring every everything on, or I kind of prepare everything for the whole season right up front. Um, I've gotten used to, and now at this point, it almost feels like I'm cleaning it, but I still sit down like I have always done, write out what I need, my list for this hunt, that hunt, whatever, and then um, and then go from there. So I, I've kind of over the years really thinned out my list of what I actually need. Uh, but for the most part, you know, I have, I, I, I try to stick to the basics and then I kind of add the creature comfort in after that, if that makes sense. Yeah, 
Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Now, <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I, I find myself wandering around aimlessly if I don't look at some sort of list or write everything down. Um, it seems like I go from the shed to the house to the closet way more times than I need to if I don't write it all down. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I, I actually, I extremely loathe packing because just the, like for the longest time I can remember, you know, through guiding and other things, I'm not, I pack up my stuff. And I'm not just packing for a one-week hunt. I'm used to packing for two, three months. So it's just that the whole process just got, I just get sick of it. So I kind of, I kind of pretty much keep my bag ready. I kind of like ready to roll all the time. Um, and then that way I, I have essentially all my essentials there. But then there's like so many varied hunts that I'll go on. So I'll go from Nevada, desert, high country hunting this month to straight into Alaska. And on that, I've got to kind of plan for not only myself, but going in with multiple people and food. And, and all that. So there's a lot of logistical stuff involved with that. So I really start out sitting down, like, what do I need? How much am I going to need? Who's going? What kind of gear do they have? What kind of gear do I have? And build the list in there. Got to write it all out on. Literally, right now, I'm staring at five different lists of everything that I need for this place, <laughs> that place. And I kind of start building it into a box or a bag of what I'm going to take. Wow. Now, as far as uh, food goes, when you are going like into the backcountry, you you basically like pack the bare minimum, or is food something you're willing to kind of make as an exception because you know that when you get up the mountains, if you're deprived of nutrition, you're not going to hunt at your best. What what do you do kind of take? Uh, so I'm my scenario is probably a little bit different than most because I have like if I'm going on a hunt I'm carrying all my camera gear so I I'm way overloaded to begin with and most of my weight is in camera equipment tripods so I do the solo hunters show plus I just I really enjoy filming even if I'm not doing for that I'll carry all my like all my still camera stuff so I'm overloaded in what I like to call like just unnecessary items but it's something that I enjoy <laughs> so I, in the past, like, have really skimped on food, and I've really felt the effects of it in a lot of, a lot of different situations, and, and I'm getting to the point now where I'm kind of sick of feeling those effects, so I'm kind of reverting back to food. So I try to plan it out based on calories, um, how much I think I'll need, and then I, I, I take, like, um, stuff that's lightweight, too, that'll help me in lieu of food energy drink mix. I mean, I've, I've been a proponent of, like, wilderness athlete-type energy drink. Okay. Stuff like that that I know. You know, because it's lightweight. You can mix it with water, and it just keeps me going when I'm already calorie deficient. Because anytime you're going, or at least my experience, you're, like, backpacking in somewhere, you're going to be calorie deficient. It's Always. almost impossible. Like, you're, you're going to be burning... You can burn at least 6,000 calories probably in a day, but, you know, on average, four to five, and you're probably carrying two to 2,500. Um, I mean, if you can get 3,000 calories in, that's awesome. But, you know, there's things like, like essential things like vitamins and salt, things that you need to just really, to literally keep the brain working. 
Um, there's been times where I've out the hunt hard and I've gone probably on 500 calories a day and burning six hours. Like, so there, there's those times where I've just been super energy efficient. You just feel it like it's not, it's not fun. <laughs> you're, you're literally eating your body. But, you know, in, in the long run, I would say, um, I try now to do, I'm just like kind of sick of that scenario. So I've been bringing more food. I've got camera gear or whatever, then I'm going to bring more food a day, a day shorter, and then go back more eating out. Yeah. Um, you know, do it that way. But for the average guy, you know, you can you can generally bring a little bit more food because you don't have all that extra weight of all the other what I call crap. Like, <laughs> on, on some months, literally on some months, I'll have two tripods and three cameras. So that's, I, mean, I might be going in with seven. 30 pounds of it. <laughs> Almost to the point where you get in and you're like, man, I'd really like to do something, but my back weighs enough already. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I just ordered all my camera gear. It's supposed to be here next week, so I'll be feeling the load of the crap as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, cool. but it, it makes it, for me, it makes it part of it. So, um, but you know, if I was just go out and have no camera gear, nothing like that, you know. I I mean, I literally used to cut the the handle off my toothbrush and everything. I mean I, I would, you know, find the lightest possible gear and kind of combine meals into one, you know, one uh back bag and all that stuff. And then I yeah. just got to a point where my pack was so heavy anyway, so I was like, yeah, I'll just cram it in. <laughs> just don't even care anymore. <laughs> so I don't, I don't really suggest that. Like, you know, you can, if you plan it out and, you know, count, count the calories and, and then find stuff that, um, that just helps with calories. One of my good friends, Christian, he's really helped out probably more than anyone on just figuring out little tricks to adding calories, little, little things, like a little bit of oil to add to olive oil to add mountains or, um, yeah. little things like that. Just kind of the amount of calories. I try to just find calories in that are still good for you. Uh-huh. Um, also, not being afraid to throw in just some some amount of junk type that I wouldn't any other time, but it's got calories and, and energy that I can use. Yeah, exactly. And now when you, you start packing, you know, you talk about packing colder weather and things like that. Um when that when it comes to that, do you basically pack for the worst possible scenarios, or do you pack thinking like, yeah, this should be warm enough, and if this happens, I guess I guess we'll just light a fire or do jumping jacks or something, walk up to the top of the mountain. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, I I found ways to like stay warm. I mean, generally, like I'll have if it's if I know it could be cold, then I do like a a real warm base layer, like a I use from I've I've been fine. Um, I I'm, I like aesthetic stuff. A lot of guys more on the wool side. I've always more on the aesthetic side. Okay. Um, you know, I, that's personal preference. But I've been for a long time because when I first started out hunting, before anybody ever made any mountain hunting gear, I I mean I just wore like pretty much all. Climbing, like, 
Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll do like base layer, you know, my, my standard stance, which are, I like, I go on the thin side. I don't like to overheat. So, you know, standard pants are pretty thin, but they block out in the rain, whatever. And then, um, and then I'll throw rain gear in. If it gets real cold, like cutting down and keeping the body thin,
all day, every day, I've got my camera around my shoulder, like strapped outside, whether it's bad weather or whatever. If I'm planning on filming, my camera's out. And that right there, that one tip has like changed my world as far as filming goes. Because then I'm easily able to get it out. I'm using it all the time, getting more practice with it, even just practice carrying it around. So, like when I'm hiking, my camera's on the tripod, and I'm car- I'm carrying it in my hand all day. And because of that, like I got better at maneuvering, being quiet with it, not just during stock. If you're only going to use it during stock. Just can be out of practice, and so really it just comes down to practice and time to deal with it. And that's and like having your camera out ready to go when stuff happens, you just get a lot better stuff for yourself. Um, I just started out filming just for personal use, film stuff, make a video for my dad for Christmas or whatever of our hunts or client hunts or whatever, and uh, everything got a lot better when I decided I'm not. Cool, and that, that's an awesome tip. It's so funny that you brought that up. Because as soon as you said it, I was thinking of numerous times when I had a better camera in my bag, and here I am taking all these crappy phones with a picture with my phone. Because you know? yeah. <laughs> I don't want to reach up there and grab it. So that's an awesome tip. Um, you were talking about you have it on the tripod in any weather. So when it's like raining or snowing, you just, just cover it in your rain jacket, or what do you do with it there? Yeah, generally, I've got like a little neoprene case, uh, like 10 bucks at some online store, you know, it's like a little camera case oh, cool. that I put on it. I mean, if it's like really bad and I know it's such bad weather, I'm not even going to be filming, like my camera will break, then I will put it away. But it's like when I put it away, I'm pretty much in the mindset that filming time's over. Um, yeah. You know, so there, there are times where it goes in, but I always put it in like, the top pocket of my backpack where it's easy to get to or and then keep some kind of camera in the pocket like a GoPro or something else. Uh, so like, you know, in your pocket, just easily accessible. But the camera that's buried in your backpack pretty much as good as left at home. It's like I remember I when I first I really started getting into filming after high school and saved up for a couple of years to buy a good camera. Um and like when I was in high school I also took college classes for video broadcast technology or whatever, so I okay, I'm really into this. I want a good camera I saved up for years and then bought the camera and literally used it because <laughs> I was afraid to get it dirty or something, I don't know. And then I said so I just like forget it. I am I'm, I'm buying something I'm not gonna use it. So I started you know, wearing it on the site and having more easily accessible and it never broke and I
anytime I practice with my bow, I would just bring my camera out there, like do a short stock setup, shoot the bow, and literally practice getting the camera set up and figure out which ways are the easiest. And I found, you know, like having my tripod set, if I'm going up a hill, like I'll have one leg set for the pitch of the hill. So, and my hands inside, so it's semi-open, so the legs don't sink together. And I know that when I go to set up, it's already set up from 20 yards back. And as I move, I'm constantly changing. So when things happen fast, I'm not really dallying with every possible knob on the tripod, especially with, I mean, rifle hunting is a little bit different. You don't have to further away and go. Yeah. But, but archery hunting is so, so difficult, especially spot and stock. Uh, but, you know, just like I say, it's, it's practice. Practice on stuff that's easier. If, if you're going to hunt in the blind for something like antelope, that's a real good one to start filming stuff. Like, and, and even then, you'll find it pretty difficult to get the shot. So, but it's a good place to practice because everything's controlled. And you, you learn to, like, control your almost camera panic of, okay, and when to move the camera and when to put the lens. So learn little things like just on the lens that here's animals and setting up the tripod here's animals and there's times where you can't get it adjusted right and would have had a shot but you don't and that's that all comes all that practice comes from committing to it because you learn more by your mistakes than you do if, if you either give up or or um, just uh or it works out right away. So Yeah. It is more practice I have, the better I'll get. And then I'm just a little see that may not work for other people, but uh, work for me. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, what a, like, like, say, practice when you're just like you're going to hunt. I mean, you've got a three course at home that's got uphill, downhill shots. Practice setting up the camera correctly and shooting those targets. That's a great idea. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Perfect. Well, Thank you so much. I mean, those are those are awesome. Got me thinking for when mine arrives next week. <laughs> um, well, let's plan, transition kind of into elk hunting. Um, everybody knows elk hunting is just about to come in full swing. I'm about ready to freak out because I got to get tagged here and I just want to go. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, I'm I'm excited. So you guys have quite a few uh, hunters coming this year. Yeah, I do. Uh, mostly rifle season. Um, so I'll be honest in the last from all these archery. So, um, won't really have be archery elk hunting as much this year. But yeah, I've got the pre full season ahead of me as elk. Cool. Now, you know, like like you said, and, and like I've heard a lot of the same questions. Uh, a lot of people want to know how to get the outdoor industry and start making a living and, and a Big name one one is coming some type of deer guide or elk guide or something along those lines. And I and I know you have uh, written some great articles about it, and I will link that in the show notes. Um, but if you'd like to cover a little bit about that here on the show, that would be awesome. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, that's a question that I get asked a lot: is you know, how do I become an elk guide or how do I do what you do? And I think if you ask, probably. 20 elk guides or 20 people in the quote-unquote hunting industry, I guess, probably get 20 different answers. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I just did it the only way that I knew how. And so I'm willing to share that with people. And if that, that works, then awesome. But 
I think like a lot of a lot of times I get the question because people know that I'm out there and they want to know like, oh, can I guide for you or how do I do that? And um, so kind of my my initial thing is like, you want to get into guiding. The best way is to kind of figure out what you're qualified. And I don't mean to exclude anyone. Like like your dream to help guide, then you'll figure it out. You know, and you'll take mm-hmm. the necessary steps to become an but it's just like any job in any business, you know. Nobody hires a carpenter that doesn't have carpentry experience. You have to start somewhere. <laughs> you know, you have to, like, if you never, you know, put a house together. I mean, there, sometimes it happens. But for the most part, like, you need to be qualified in that in that realm. So when I hire elk guys, it's guys that really know how to elk hunt. Generally, in my, in my area, it's guys that know how to hunt that area. Now, when I say, like, be qualified, there's there's all kinds of guiding jobs that have different specifications for skill sets needed. So just like building, you know, imagine building a resume, which kind of job do I want? Well, the job that I have skills for. So if you're looking at, you know, you want to apply for a job as an elk guide in a backcountry hunt in Wyoming, well, what are the skills needed for that? Well, horse skills is probably toward the top of the list. We're exactly. in the area necessarily isn't as populous because the only people that will know that area are people that either A, outfit there or have happened to hunt there. But that's very rare because in those backcountry areas, you know, there's certain camps. So you're, you're limited to range within horse range. You know, you don't need to know an entire unit. And there's been people in those camps that know that area and they can pass that knowledge on. So as long as you have horse knowledge, general knowledge of elk hunting, then, you know, you're more qualified for that area, and you don't necessarily have to know that area. But now you talk to a guy that runs a public land uh, hunt that, um, you know, like a day use where, you know, you would, in that particular instance, you know, you'll definitely have to know the area because you're competing against other resident hunters, possibly other guides. You know, pressure might be higher, and there's things like boundary lines, property lines, and also just knowing where the elk are may increase their success. So knowing that specific area is more important than having horse skills. Exactly. So you just kind of have to, you know, like the best place to start is what are you good at? What What's your bread and butter for hunting? What area do you know? And then look for a job in that area. I grew up in cool. Nevada, but I started guiding in Montana. Like, how did you do that? Well, I, you know, spent my falls going to Montana and learning area and got a job in that area by knowing yeah. that area almost better than anyone else. Exactly. You mean you didn't just like call up the first outfitter that you could find in the phone book and they gave you a job? <laughs> no. I actually I actually got offered a job while I was out hunting because I kept being ahead of these guides and they were like, hey, instead of working against us, why don't you work for us? I said, yeah, sweet. Sounds good. And that was actually my intention was to just know an area as well as I could better than anyone in my, you know, or, or yeah, yeah. Mindset. I want to know this area better than anyone else. And if I know this area better than anyone else, then they'd be ridiculous not to give me a job. And it works. Exactly. So, you know, for me, like, the way I, I see it is, like, hard work has always been my kind of focus on if you want to get into hunting industry, guiding, or whatever. If you're willing to work harder than anyone else, prove that you deserve that job, then you're going to be very valuable 
And, you know, over the years, like the guys that I worked for, I made them a lot of money because everybody I hunted with was successful. They rebooked and, you know, secured me a job, which eventually led to me being able to start my own business and, and it be successful as well. So, you know, I think in my opinion, it's like if you don't willing to put in the hard work to make it happen, then it won't happen. Now, I mean, there's other guys that don't do it full time. You know, that, that works too. Like you can kind of a week here, a week there. There's all kinds of different guiding positions, but, you know, for me, it's what I wanted to do every day of the year. And so I just really put in the hard work, the long hours, wasn't afraid to bust my back, go above and beyond to get recognized, to create a job for myself. The job you create for yourself is a job no one can take away. So that's kind of the way I always tell people, you you want to guide in a certain area or a certain way, you know, gain the knowledge, the skills, the experience, make yourself extremely valuable, and you can make that. So I, I'm, I'm a hard work kind of guy, so it's all about, you know, for me, the guy shows me hard work or, you know, that's the way I did it. I respect that. You know, there's every, like I said, about 20 people in place. Yeah. But I, I, I really like what you just said because I, I think that if there's anything to decide wholeheartedly that you want in life, you're willing to put in that time to get there, you have it. So I, that's awesome. And, and it definitely shows. You know, it, it shows that you work that hard with, through your success, through the videos and the photos that you do. Um, so really, congratulations. Doing an awesome job, for sure. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. You know, yeah. I, I mean, there's. I think that like I really respect everybody that's out there, and you know, I like I I cruise around and watch different videos of different people and uh, see pictures and other things, and like you know, all uh, those are the kind of things that I notice. When somebody else is doing something, and they're I can tell that they're putting putting a lot of effort. But not like that catches my eye. I'm sure it catches a lot of other people's eye as well. And so. Um, you know, I think that's the best way is, like, really have to go for it. And and the other thing is, my thought was, you know, if I if it's something I want, I can't just half-ass. I can't, you know, have a another job, hope that a guiding job comes along. Like, I just literally packed up my truck. Like, I'm going to make this happen. If you give yourself no other options, then you're going to make it happen. And there's no way you can't make it. Um, right. You know, that's, I think that's, like, a lot of people hold back in a lot of ways and have backup. I didn't have any backup. Like, yeah, well, like, this is my plan, and I'm going to make it work. And if I don't make it work, <laughs> then I'll then I'll starve or I'll have fun doing it. But either way, um, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, the old saying goes, "If you have a plan B, then plan A never works." Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. perfect. Well, well, thank you so much. Some of the tips that you gave were just uh, like it kind of blew my mind, especially with my camera coming in next week. I cannot wait to put those into practice. Um, so really thank you for taking the time before your season just closed. And uh hopefully after December when you slow down again, hopefully we'll come back on we can discuss something else. Yeah, definitely. Love to hear how uh how you're filming and stuff here. So, hey, so yeah, well I'm excited, <laughs> uh, I'm excited to check it out. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe I'll just give you a call and be like, Hey, this is what I'm having happen and I'm pretty sure it's not supposed to happen that way. Do you have any advice? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Well, well, yeah, uh, thanks again. As long as you learn something, it'll be all right. There you go. There you go. <laughs>
Thank you for tuning in to the show. It means a lot to us. But seriously, though, I really appreciate your ear. And it would mean the world to me if you would rate our podcast. If you didn't like it, one star it. But if you did, a five is even better. Don't forget to comment, like, share, and hit that subscribe button. Thanks again for tuning into the show. Some other podcasts that you should definitely check out are... Eastman Elevated with Bride and Barney. And Hunt Harvest Health with Ryan and Hillary Lampers. And a special thanks to... Maven Optics, Six Sight Gear, Dark Energy Tech, Shield Mountain Outdoors, The Outdoor Insiders, Iron Mind Hunting, Valkyrie Archery, and Gannett Ridge Sporting Equipment.